Turn to Philippians chapter number 4. have a sore throat this morning, and bear with me. I always like public speaking and seeing how people do it and things, and I always just, you know, you always, my message about contentment today, so it kind of falls in the line here, I always wanted a deeper voice, and today I have it. Just for today, I hope. <laughs> uh, but I, I've heard these guys in the radio, and they're like, please take your Bible. I'm like, that's so cool. I wish I had a voice like that. But at any rate, we need to be content with what God has given us. Amen? And that's really what we're going to look at this morning is contentment. I'm so thankful to see each and every one of you here this Sunday morning. And it's a blessing to be able to gather together and worship the Lord together. And it's definitely one of the things I'm thankful for today. I'm thankful for each and every one of you. And it's always a joy to come to Thanksgiving weekend. I have lots of great memories of Thanksgiving weekend. Growing up, I can still remember family coming to my parents' home. My mom would put on the big spread and everyone would come over and uh, would be filled of board games and watching movies with family during the weekend. And we used to have a big campfire on Saturday night and probably burn some things we weren't supposed to burn and, uh, you know, and then roast marshmallows over them and hot dogs and things. It was always a lot of fun. Thanksgiving weekend. It was uh, always something, a real highlight uh, for our, our home. And, you know, I, I'm a Newfoundlander, and uh, you can call me Newfie, that's fine too, and really enjoyed humor growing up. I mean, it was always a joke or two to be said. And uh, I, I read a story this week about a lady who was in the, in the grocery store looking for a turkey for Thanksgiving Day, and she couldn't find one big enough for her family. And she saw one of the stock boys walk by. I don't know if they call them stock boys anymore, whatever they call them. And he was walking by, and she called out to him. That she said, do these turkeys get any bigger? And, she, and he said, no, ma'am, they're dead. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious this week as I read that. Uh, but anyway, that's my newfie humor. That's what I like. But anyway, Philippians chapter number 4, and we're going to start reading verse number 11. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, notwithstanding ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may bound to your account. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your blessings. And Lord, help us to pause today and tomorrow and in the days ahead to remember what you've done for us. The marvelous things on the spiritual realm of salvation, church, and all the wonderful doctrines we find in your word. And then on the physical realm where we've been blessed beyond measure here in North America. It's so easy to be discontented. Lord, help us to be thankful. Lord, help us to be a people that people see that they truly are thankful people, content in You. 
Lord, I pray you bless this message now in Jesus' name. Amen. Content, uh, according to the dictionary I have in my office, means uh, quietly satisfied, happy, reasonably happy and satisfied with the way things are going, ready to accept something, willing to accept a situation. Now, being content is not something we hear about on the radio very often or TV program on the television. If anything, we hear more people being discontented, not happy with their jobs. And not, if your job's not great, I'm, I'm not bringing it down on you this, this morning. I'm just saying that we hear it. Job's not great. Marriage is not great. I'm discontented. I'm not happy with it. Life. Have you ever seen a child on Christmas morning not contented with his Christmas gift? I've seen it. And I probably have been it as well when I was a child. You know, maybe a, a birthday present didn't kind of line up to what you thought you deserved. The Word of God has some things to say to us about contentment. And I think we need to be reminded, contentment for a child of God, if you're here this morning and you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you, in some time in your past, you know that you have accepted Him and turned from whatever you were trusting Him before and you turned to Christ and put your faith and trust in Him alone, you're a child of God. And because of that, contentment is not optional. It's not an optional suggestion. It's not recommended. You know, like if the doctor goes, you go see the doctor, the doctor says, I recommend you walk a couple miles a day. <sighs> Whatever. And you walk away from it. Now, contentment is what God desires for you. He commands you to be content. He wants you to be content. The world has fooled us sometimes into thinking that happiness or things will bring us happiness or fulfillment. If you get this thing, or you get this technology, or you get this, then you'll have fulfillment, or you will be happy. Listen, happiness or fulfillment has nothing to do with things. It has nothing to do with things. It has everything to do with the relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where fulfillment comes. If you're depending upon things to bring you happiness, I'm not saying that you won't like that new car for a few days, months, maybe even years, but at the end of time, or end of five years, when you're done paying that car off, you're like, I need a new car. And that, that, that big house looks so nice when you buy it, then you got to clean it and maintain it and pay taxes on it. And Am I discouraging homeowners right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, It's a lot of money. I don't know. If you're going to find true fulfillment in life, if you're going to try to find true joy in your life, it's through Jesus Christ. I know some millionaires who are the, the nastiest, most discontented people I have ever met. I don't even want to be around them. I remember working for my dad in a garage and he would have them come in and I didn't want to be in the bay with them. And they were just so nasty and, you know, it's just, I didn't want to be around them. They were like the two mules who were looking in both each other's fields that were lush with green grass. And finally, they started coming towards each other and then they got caught in a fence both wanting to go to the other. The grass was the same on either side. Just that greed, discontentment. You know, I know I met some absolutely poor people who are the most joyous people I've ever met. I mean, I think their house might blow over if the wind blows too hard. But they're so happy. I don't know what proverb, I don't know if it's Chinese, you know, we read these proverbs, Spanish proverbs, I'm not sure which one it was, but it comes from this background. It says, not he who has little, but he who wishes for more is poor. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely true. If all you're doing is wishing for more, then you're in a poor state of mind. 
You're in a poor state of mind. Contentment does not come naturally. Contentment does not come naturally. I'm just going to read you a few things that come naturally to man. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these things. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, evil, uh, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. That's the work of the flesh, so that's not contentment, is it? It doesn't come naturally to us. It doesn't come. It's not our nature. We've all had, have had children, are taking care of children, or watched child, some child at some time as a baby, and they're never for content for long, are they? You know, if you have, a, if you're watching a baby and for 20 minutes they're not saying anything, you're like, that's the most contented baby I've ever seen. I mean, they haven't spoken, you know, you want to check to make sure they're living and everything else, you know. You know, you gotta be constantly changing them and feeding them and burping them and, you know, then they puke and then you gotta clean yourself up and, you know, it just goes on and on and on. They're never happy, are they? Not for very long. And as soon as they, they fall asleep, you do too, right? Oh, I gotta catch a nap. You know, it's just constantly, they're demanding, they're demanding. And contentment's not natural in our lives. Contentment is not natural uh, in our marriages if we're doing it outside Jesus Christ. Uh, I've, I've heard so many things. She watches too much TV or he goes out too much and he never talks to me anymore, so forth and so on. And I understand that we need to be working on some things, uh, but the reality is we need to be content with what God has given us for a husband and wife. You know, God didn't make you say yes. You made the choice. You know, hey, God's given you a husband and wife. Let's work together. I'll, I'll never forget this day. I was, uh, we were still living in Newfoundland. And, uh, this, my next door neighbor, nicest guy. I mean, he would do anything for me. Now, he would never come to church with me, but he was so nice and kind to my family. And I remember seeing him and he was walking out of his house and he was in tears. I mean, bawling his eyes out. I had never seen this man that way before. And I went up to him. I was like, hey, hey, how you doing? And, I mean, obviously, I understand it's not doing well. I said, what's going on? And through the tears and the blubbering, which I understood once he told me, he told me his wife of 20 years left him because she wasn't content anymore. She wasn't happy anymore. And I just watched him just fall to pieces. I mean, like within two days, he had lost like 20 pounds. I mean, it was just, it just ate him up. And I know that man and everything I knew about him. He loved his wife and wanted to provide for her the best he could. So the reality is contentment doesn't come naturally to us. We've got to work at it. And if we're trying to do it without Jesus Christ, we're at a huge disadvantage, right? We need the Lord to help us with contentment. He gives us that contentment. Contentment is learned. We need to learn it. That means... We need to work at it. Brother Chris talked about how the, the class was difficult on occasions. It did, and you know, that's true what he said. You know, the most difficult things in life are most rewarding. That's absolutely true. I, I can think of some classes that I took in college, and they were extremely difficult. But when I passed, and it was, I was like, man, I learned so much. I'm, that really helped me. And so with contentment, it can be difficult. Because we do have... A, in our North American society, we do have a desire, a mindset of, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. Hey, let's just be content what we have. What God has given to us. That means we're working at being satisfied and thankful for whatever state you're in. 
Uh, I remember in January 2014, myself and Dale Tal, we flew to Romania uh, to go on a missions trip. And we went to Holland as well, but we went to Romania. It was the biggest part of our trip. Uh, and I think we spent eight days there. And uh, after the eight days, we were catching our flight back to Holland. And then we would spend a few days there and then see Brother Stan Camps. And then we were coming back to Canada. And uh, as we got into the airport in Bucharest, uh, in my North American eyes, this was chaos. I mean, we go to the Pearson and everyone gets in line and snakes that little orderly. Now, we might not like it. And, and then we see someone dart underneath the, the rope to get ahead. And we're like, oh, they did that. That is so bad. You know, it was like, security, security. You know, that's how we feel. I know that's how I feel sometimes. It's like, how can you disrupt the order? We need order. I walked into this airport and there was no order. I mean, I'm like, where am I supposed to go? I want to go home. How do I get there? And I remember myself and Brother Dale, we had a few bags. And the missionary there that we visited, he helped us. And he said, this is the line. So we got in line. And you know what? There was people trying to get past me when I was standing in line. I, I'm usually a really nice guy. I mean, but you don't do that to me. You gotta wait in line. I gotta wait for the person in front of me, so you gotta wait behind me. And this one guy, he was trying to get us around us, and then there was guys behind him trying to get, and well, I'm not very tall, as you can tell. But thankfully, I'm a little bit rounder than my brother Dale was. So I put my arms out a little bit, and Dale's really tall, so he put his arms out, and no one could get by us. It was great! But the whole time, I was like very upset. I'm like, get in line, people! Like, what's your problem? That's pretty minor, isn't it? But you should have seen the blob that was trying to get in the airplane. You know, you go sit and you're, you're waiting at the gate. We're now boarding, KLM, and you know, didn't say anything else. Everyone just stood up and ran to the door. I mean, they literally ran. I'm like, what? What? And my Canadian sensibilities were all going down the, the drain. I'm like, what are you people doing? Get in line! I mean, at the moment, at that time, I was so stressed out. And poor Dale, he was trying to make jokes and calm me down and things. But I was like, just get in line. And you know what? That moment I was, I'm so thankful I got a ticket to get on that plane. Because no one's taking my seat. But you know, sometimes we can let little things really get overcome us. And we're not content in where we're at. Now, me and Brother Dale, we laugh at that once in a while. We still joke. And you know that guy that was trying to get by us all the time? He sat next to me on the plane. <laughs> it was hilarious. But at any rate, uh, it was so funny. Uh, but the idea is that we have a million other stories that we could tell about how life's been not so great. And we confronted them and we're like, oh, I'm, I'm so angry. I'm so upset. Hey, we just need to learn to be content. We, we need to learn to be content. The grass looks greener on the other side of the fence. I can guarantee the water bill is more. All right? Just keep it in context. Like, you know, it's not always about the better thing. It's just, hey, be content in what God's allowed you. You know, I really believe contentment, there's a great deal of, of it rests on flexibility. On you being flexible. If you have to have it a certain way all the time, then my friend, you will have a harder time in life. Uh, and just being honest, and you know, uh, for those in marriage and other relationships, there's got to be a there's got to be a flexibility. There, there there just has to be. It ain't all about you, bub, or whoever you are. And so it is with our whole lives. We have to be flexible. And uh, sometimes it's really easy to be flexible when you're happy and things are going great. Oh yeah, there's no problem. But when you're not having a great day, 
Maybe you're not feeling so well. Maybe something else is going on in the background. Then it's super hard to be flexible. You know, because we're getting our eyes off the focus where it needs to be in things. And we need to be looking to be flexible, whatever God would have for us. And, you know, just look to Him. And here's a couple of thoughts that really helped me. Okay? We're going to get back to Philippians in just a minute, but uh, just a couple of things that really help you, that help me being flexible. Have simple taste. Now, I'm down with six-inch steaks, too. I mean, I love steaks, but simple steak, uh, taste really help you. If, you. if you've got to have all the fancy gadgets all the time, it's going to be harder for you. Because I, you know what I found out? That all the fancy gadgets are really expensive. And unless you have an unlimited bank account, which you do, praise the Lord, you got it, but, it, you know, it just brings problems. And reality is, it can, we can have that expectation that we gotta have these things for happiness. And my friend, there's so many people in North America today who are dependent today upon things to be happy. Or to be content. To be thankful. And that is so wrong. That is so mixed up. Because things break. They get lost. So forth and so on. You will be forever discontented if that's what you're basing it upon. You need to base it on Jesus Christ. Expect nothing. You're like, that doesn't, that's not a very good expectation, Pastor. Expect nothing. If you don't expect anything, you won't get to be disappointed when you don't get, when that's what you get. It's nothing. Now, I'm not referring to uh, expecting nothing from the Lord. That's not what I'm talking about. Hey, I'm praying every day to the Lord that we see more souls saved in our church. I'm praying to the Lord that our church will grow, that our grow, our, our reach will grow and things like that. I, I'm looking to God for that. I'm talking about your personal life, how you view things. I'll give you an example. Uh, Michelle went to Nova Scotia one time to visit her grandma. And we were still living in Newfoundland. And uh, she came back and uh, she had something for all the kids. And uh, so we stood up from the shortest to the tallest. So I was last. All right. Uh, so Matthew, I guess. No, Matthew wasn't Rose Hannah. And then up to me. And she was passing out little toys and candies. And everybody's so happy. Yay! Run to our rooms and eat our candy. So then I pull up. She goes, what do you want? I mean, what would you get for me? Nothing. I'm here. Uh, you know, where's my candy? You know? <laughs> the reality is, uh, just to, you know, I, I did joke around that I went to the corner wiping my tears away that I didn't get any candy. But the reality is, if I had, had the right expectations, like, hey, my wife, my wife's home, praise the Lord. If I just had that, I would have been happy, right? I would have been content rather than having this expectation I was going to get something else. You know, a lot of our discontentment and our unthankfulness is not an attack so much from the devil, but it's self-inflicted. We inflict it upon ourselves because we expect something when we should develop an attitude of expecting nothing. Whatever the Lord will give me, He'll give me. Now, and Folks, let's just really put in the context of our world, we don't have a need of anything in Canada compared to the rest of this world. You might say, well, Pastor, I need money to pay my car. You know, there's a lot of people in the world who don't have a car. I'm not saying that you should give up your car. Just let's put it in context. We have so much. We have so much here in Canada. So much in North America. Let's just get let's get the focus right. Let's make sure that we're going the right way. Seek the happiness of others. We find true contentment when our focus on life is bringing joy to the life of others. Uh, I'll give you an example. You know, Christmas time. Uh, families around and 
kids and things. And you're, you're getting uh, those Christmas gifts. Maybe you're up late getting them all wrapped up and things. And uh, then the morning comes and uh, they get those gifts and they're so excited. And, and you know, you're just so excited to be there to watch it. And they rip the paper and it goes everywhere. And they're yahoo! And you get the big smile on your face. And then they come up to you and they give you the dollar store special. Here, Dad, here's for you. And they're so excited. That's the best they could do. I'm just happy to take it from them. Thank you for thinking about that. Hey, let's just, let's think about the, let's think about others first, folks. Others first. Uh, let's look to that. You know, uh, we, we need to be content serving others. And the reality is, that's a byproduct of when we have our relationship right with Jesus Christ. When this relationship is right, these are better. And they get to the right place. And when we're right, when our walk with Jesus Christ is right, we want to serve others because it's an outflowing of Jesus Christ through us. We want to help others. We want to serve others. We want to bring joy to other people's lives. And this portion of Scripture, uh, uh, Paul's writing to the Philippians, Paul was content because his happiness, his contentment was based in Jesus Christ. And because it was based in Jesus Christ, he loved to serve the Lord, obviously, and he loved to serve others. That was his desire. We need to make sure that we have the right focus, a right source for contentment. So I already mentioned things are not a source for contentment, folks. Jesus Christ is the only one. Jesus Christ is the only one. And Paul talks about some things here that he was... Uh, he was happy about, uh, verse number 11, uh, not that I speak of respect of want, for I've learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. Do you know where he was right now when he wrote these verses? He was not in the palace. He was under house arrest. Most likely, that's what I understand from you know background uh, research and things, he was under house arrest. He was in the custody of the Roman Empire. And he was content. I believe the Word of God contains no lies. Amen? No lies in the Word of God. So he was content. That's the Word of God tells me. He was content. Think about that for a moment. He had a soldier chained to him 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. No privacy. I would have a mental breakdown. I'm pretty sure. I like I like to get away from people and walk in the woods and enjoy creation or go down to my basement and close the door and, and I can still hear the pitter-patter of feet upstairs, but they're not talking, you know, I can't hear them. You know the idea of just some space? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I know we all like our space. Every one of us does. Just give me some space. Back it up. That, he never had the opportunity. You know, uh, never those quiet times. I like getting up early in the morning. And read my Bible, nice and quiet. No distractions. Man, I find it so much more difficult to read my Bible at lunchtime than I do in the morning. There's just too many things going on. Your mind's wrapping around the day, whereas the morning you're just starting off, especially the morning. But there's there's no one around, and that's what I'm saying. Paul always had someone with him. There was always someone there. So I guess his Bible study or his personal devotions were always Bible study times. Hey, soldier, let's have Bible study. You know, he was always there. But Paul was content in that situation. We let's we'll go to the Lord and help and help us be content with our residence where we're at. 
Uh, I mean, we can we can talk about different things. We can talk about where we live, and, and I mean, just our church just a couple blocks away. Someone got murdered last week. It's pretty sad. It's horrible. Someone just got stabbed out here three or four weeks ago. You know, hey, our church is in a great spot because we need to reach people just like that. Amen. They need to know about Jesus Christ. Now, we can talk about our place, our own physical place where we live in our homes. And we can talk about different things. Well, I don't like the neighborhood much. Hey, at least you got a neighborhood. You're not living in the fields. And I mean, we can drive around town and we can go to some place that got some huge, massive homes. And they look very pleasing. They look nice. Hey, it's not about the things, though. Hey, if all the Lord's given you is a place, a little tiny place where you can barely fit in, praise the Lord for it. You have a place. Now, at the same time I was in Romania, I asked the missionary if I could go to the Black Sea. And uh, that was about two and a half hours away from Bucharest. And I thought, I'm probably never going to get here again. And hey, I'm, I'm, I'm from an island and we always love the sea. So why not let's go to the Black Sea? I want to say I've seen it and things. And he said, okay, no problem. So we went to the city of, uh, uh, I think it's called Consta. I think that's how you say it. Uh, located in the Black Sea. We went there and put our toes in the, the water. In January, the Black Sea is very cold, just to let you know. And uh, so we did it, picked up a few stones and things, kind of a reminder. Then started heading back to the car where we parked it. And uh, all this time, I'll, we can't mean Brother Dale. We don't speak any Romanian, and uh, but the missionary could, and... Uh, we had lots of balloon animals and things for kids, kind of make a way to talk to the family, whatever. We saw any kids. So on the way back, we saw three or four kids close to the car. So I started making some balloon animals. And then, like, I don't know, they like they had a secret phone message system. All of a sudden, there's like 20 kids. Once there was three, and now there's 20. I mean, they just came flying. I, I, start, I, I never saw any of them come out of manholes, but I started to wonder if some of them didn't live there. They just popped up everywhere. And... um so this one little guy, uh, I gave him a balloon. I saw him running back to this this shell of a home. I mean, it was wreckage. That's the way I looked at it. I saw him run to this beaten up old place, and he ran to the door, or there was no door, but you know the opening to the home or to the house. I thought maybe his friends were in there playing because I could see black smoke billowing out of the broken roof. So I thought maybe that's where some of his buddies were at. And uh, a couple seconds later, he comes up with three more of his siblings. He was the oldest, and they kind of went down. And then not quite another minute or two later, comes their mom with a little baby in hand. And uh, I was like, what? You live there? I mean, I've never seen anything like... We, we wouldn't even play in that kind of home back in Newfoundland, a tore up old home like that, because you're afraid the roof would collapse. You know, these kids were covered from head to toe in soot. Because the fire was just open in the home, just to provide some heat and provide some way of cooking. I could not talk to the lady, the missionary did, and she affirmed that that was their home, that's where her and her five kids lived with her husband. I was like, man, I'm never complaining about where I live again. I mean, we can get so discontented. God has been so good. So Paul here, he's telling us, hey, I'm content. 
I know how to be a base and I know how to abound everywhere and all things. I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I'm glad he put that statement in there because we need a Christ strengthening to be content because we can become so easily discontented, so easily unthankful. Paul was in jail. I wouldn't think he had a big dresser full of clothes, right? He didn't go over and say, okay, this is my Monday outfit and this is my Tuesday night outfit. And you know, he probably hardly had any clothes. And the food that was he did have would not have been wonderful. It was provided, probably provided by other Christians in the area. <coughs> no money in the bank. No, no mule or camel that he could sell to get some equity out of. He had nothing. The man had nothing and he tells us, I'm content. I'm content. In one portion of Scripture, he asked for a cloak and a parchment which he didn't have. I mean, and that's all he asked for. A cloak and parchment. The parchments were for letters that he would write to other churches and other uh, individuals. I know in my own life, I see things that I like and if I keep thinking about them, I can start to come up with scenarios that justifies me getting those things. Oh, I could use that. I could do that. If I, if I had that, I could do this. Or I can't do this because I don't have this, so I should get that. I think we've all been down that road. Hey, let's just be satisfied with what God has given us. You know what I'm trying to do in those situations? What you're trying to do in those just uh, situations? We're trying to justify our discontentment. I really need that. If I have that, then I'll be content. Now, I know there's times when we need to get new equipment. I understand that. You need your tools. Totally get it. But you know what I'm talking about? Things that you really don't need. And again, we're looking to those things that bring us that contentment. Coming down the stairs one morning, a British lord, Lord Collington, Heard a cook exclaim in the kitchen. Only if I had five pounds would I be content. Wouldn't I be content if I had five more pounds? Thinking the situation through and seeing uh, the cook satisfied, he, he handed the five pounds to the cook. You know, hey, have you ever been in that situation where someone says, I, if this need was met, I'd be happy? And you're like, I can meet that need. I want to I be a service. I know I've been there. I, I remember going places, different people, and they're like, oh man, I need a burger. Okay, I can buy you a burger. Here you go. And they're happy for the moment, anyway. And so that's what this man does, and, and the cook profusely thanked him, and he paused outside the door, wanting to hear what she might say afterwards. I think we all have done that on occasion, kind of put our ear to the door. And, and he was wanting to know how she would express thankfulness, and, and maybe thank God, but you know what the cook said? Why didn't I say ten instead of five? Hey, we all can go down that road real quick. Or think we just some more, we're making it happen. No, it's Jesus that brings us contentment. It's Jesus that fills the heart. Paul had met many people during his time uh, in, in ministry as he was going from place to place, met many, many people. Many missionary journeys around the Mediterranean. And there were some who brought him great encouragement, right? Like Apollos, a great orator, who needed some instruction, but got on the right path, and he was a great preacher. 
There's Timothy, Paul's son in the faith. Mark, who at first was didn't work out so well, but aren't you so glad that God gives second chances? And Mark proved himself. Titus. Now, that's just to mention a few of the men who labored with Paul in the journeys. And then there was nameless. There's a lot of names in the Word of God talking about those who were in the churches, who encouraged Paul in the ministry. He was content, right? I mean, thank you, Lord, for these men. Then there was others, and women as well in the churches that helped. But there was others that did not encourage at all. I think of Demas. Now, Demas went with Paul on journeys. He helped in the ministry. And then he left Paul and the team for the world. And then there was others like Alexandra who, who fought against him, but determined... But he determined his life to be content with what, what people, no matter what they did with God, he was going to be content in the Lord Jesus Christ. If we're not careful, we can allow people to bring us discontentment into our lives as well. Aren't you glad we're all different? Every one of us here represented, every one of us is different. We have maybe a little bit different taste. Uh, we're, we're all different sizes. We all come from different backgrounds. And it's wonderful. It's amazing. And life would be really boring if we were all the same. But folks, don't allow another person's praise or promotion of you or bad attitudes or actions bring you discontentment. Because it's not based on another person. It's based in Jesus Christ. It's easy to hear the whispers of people around you. And I'm going to be honest, just like everybody else here, we all have to battle that. Maybe it's someone that we really respect and they give them their opinion and maybe they're not having a great day and they give you some really bad advice and you're like, what is that? What is going on with that person? They've never said anything like that before. Hey, let's keep focused on Jesus Christ. And God does tell us in His Word to have a multitude of counselors. It's wise. But you know, your counselors are sinners just like you. They can make mistakes. Hey, keep in contact. Keep plugged into Jesus Christ, folks. Keep plugged into Him. Paul had a lot of problems. He had problems according to the Scriptures. Uh, some say it was his eyes. Others say something else. Whatever the case, I don't, I don't know what it is and it really doesn't matter. But I do know that what, whatever it was, he says, I'm going to be content. I'm going to be content. So that was the, you know, I'm not sure if it was the eyes or not, but there's other things that happened to him too. You know, he went to prison a number of times. Five times he was whipped 40 times. Once he was stoned and left for dead. Three times he was beaten with rods. Three times he was shipwrecked. He spent a day and a night in the water. And this wasn't on a boat. This was in the water. He was robbed in the wilderness and other things. But through this all... Paul determined, whatever state I am, there I will be content. There I will be content. I'm going to stay content in Jesus Christ. I think I can say that there's a great deal of uncertainty in times for us as we face things. There's moments where we have struggles and problems. 
Maybe there's a, a struggle you're facing right now, a health issue. Uh, maybe there's a marriage conflict. Maybe the job is not secure. And really the list can go on and on and on. Uh, so let me encourage you with the fact that Paul, uh, a believer in Jesus Christ, who by God's hand was used to write so much of the Word of God, he says, I'm going to be content in the Lord. So can we. So can we. It's going to take work though, right? Because it's easier to, it's a default position for us to be discontented. Just, I'm not not happy. Hey, when your car breaks down and you get a call from your boss that your job's done, it's really hard to say, thank you, Lord. Right? Let's be honest, it's hard. Hey, you get that call from the school and your young one is not excelling as well as you thought or you should be in school and maybe they misbehave and it's hard to get off that phone with the principal or that teacher and say, thank you, Lord, for the, for Joey. Help me. Help him. That's hard. Uh, I never find in the Word of God that contentment's easy, but we can do it through Jesus Christ. Bring those problems, those burdens, those struggles to the Lord. That's what Paul did. He brought them to the Lord. And Paul's a great example of being content with abounding problems. Abounding situations that weren't good. I'm going to tell you right now that uh, if I was in jail, if that was all, if I was just in jail, not chained to any soldier, I would be really having a hard time to be thankful. I'm going to be honest with you. But Paul did so much more. He says, I'm, I'm there with to be content. I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. The question for us church family this morning is, are you content? And I say, well, pastor, you're supposed to be preaching about Thanksgiving today. You're supposed to be nice and fluffy today. <laughs> what? You didn't get the memo, pastor? I really believe that contentment is a major key to Thanksgiving. Because if you're not content, you will not be thankful. That's why I preached this message. Because I really thought about preaching a fluffy one today. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I had some out and I'm like, no, no, that's not, that's not what they need to hear today. That's what not, that's not what I need to be studying this week. We need to get back to why, why are we being thankful? We need to be thankful because it roots back to contentment. We need to be content in Jesus. Are we content? Are we happy in the condition the Lord has put us in? Or are we in a state of discontent and grumbling and, and unhappy in all our ways? And, and folks, as we go through those events in life, I'm not saying that you can't vent the problem with somebody. I'm not saying that that's wrong. But the idea is that we're sitting back like, I can't believe God did this to me. I'm so much better than that. God, why do you do this to me? You know, every one of us is going through something here today. If you're not, you're coming through it or you're heading into it. Another great truth for you this morning. I'm Mr. Encouragement. We're all going through things. And if we faith, we put our focus on Jesus Christ, if we're serving Him, you know, it'll help us get through. We can have that joy. We might not be happy as we're going through that family problem or that job situation, but we can have joy of the Lord in those situations. And people will see that we're different and it's because of Jesus Christ. 
Let's remember, commitment does not come naturally. We gotta work at it. Paul learned in verse number 11. For I've learned. It took Paul a while to learn it, right? It, it's a continuous lesson. It takes time. And folks, just again, like I said earlier, just be flexible. I'm telling you right now, that helps so much in life to be content. Keep the expectations low. I'm not talking about keeping the expectations low on your work or on serving Jesus Christ. I'm talking about expecting things from others. Keep it low. Then you'll be happy to get anything at all. And if you don't get anything, well, you're not going to take three days to get over that you didn't get some candy from a faraway place. Seek the happiness of others. Seek to serve others. Be content with your place. Be content with your possessions. Be content with your people. And be content with your problems. I hope we'll be determined as Paul that we'll learn to be content in whatever situation we're in.